Mom's House, North Hollywood, California, year bought, 1951, purchase price, $10,000. I have a blender that costs that much now. 875 square feet, two bedrooms, one bath, zero hope. This is the first house I grew up in. Technically, there were a couple of stops in Philly and New Jersey before this, but I was a baby and a couple of months in a rental house in Chatsworth as a toddler doesn't really count. This is the house I consider to be my childhood home. The roof was falling off, the porch was falling apart, and at some point, my grandfather decided to rebuild the porch. But in the Pennywise, pound-foolish Corolla tradition, he bought used lumber that had been salvaged from a pier fire. <laughs> I know, you can't make it up, folks. The boards were warped and charred and filled with barnacles and termites. And that porch lived in front of that house for almost 15 years. It was humiliating living in this place. It was called the barn by my neighborhood friends. Actually, mostly Ray. We'll get into him later. Oh, boy, will we. I don't know if we're going to be friends after this. <laughs> he told me a few months ago he wanted to talk to me about the chapter that was dedicated to him. And I said, yeah, buddy, call me over the weekend. And then, because he's Ray, he didn't write it down and he forgot. Anyway, let's just put it this way. His political career will be over at the end of this book. Done. Now, where was I? That, by the way, was a digression, and there's going to be a lot of those, especially if you heard the first audiobook. But let me get back to the house. It had one bathroom, no dishwasher, no air conditioning, one washing machine, but no dryer, yet it had two front doors. Two front doors, right next to each other at 90 degrees. I never thought it was strange until I dug up some old pictures years later. There's symbolism in it. It made no sense, it didn't conform to any standards, yet it was accepted as if it was completely normal and did not need to be fixed. Just like my family. But enough about the house. Let's talk about the poor, pathetic saps that lived under that roof. My mom was a full-blown hippie. Everyone thinks being a hippie is all free love and tambourines, but my mom was the paranoid bummer version of hippie. There was constant hand-wringing and worrying about the atomic bomb, the ozone layer, the pollutions, streams filled with dead fish, oppressing indigenous people. Her message was basically, good luck enjoying your childhood. While other people starve, the planet goes to and eventually we nuke each other. Oh, and it's our fault because we're evil, greedy, white people. Hanging out with a depressed hippie is the definition of lose-lose. It'd be like if a rice cake had the caloric content of a moon pie. And my mom swung with some world-class long hairs. She had a friend named Happy, one named Sunshine, another named Axis, and one named Zorback. His name was probably Gerald, but he went by Zorback as a f*** you to the man. Take that, Nixon. I'm not sure if they were dating, and I don't want to know. But he was one of those guys that was always hanging around after my folks split up. Zorback drove a customized, and I don't mean Chip Foose customized, I mean plywood and duct tape with a jigsaw customized microbus. The kind you might find up on blocks in front of a commune. Check that. You'd put this one on the ground. You'd be talking to other hippies going, maybe we should put this piece of microbus up on blocks, and they'd go, nah, nah, just set it on the earth so it can be reclaimed by the land. It's not proud enough to be nine inches above the ground on cinder blocks. It was basically 
a mobile raping unit. The streets in the San Fernando Valley in the early 70s were filled with custom vans, three-wheeled Harley choppers, army jeeps, Baja bugs, and sand rails. Everything except normal cars. Picture the bad guys from Road Warrior, minus the super homoerotic overtones. What, what, what's a gayer movie, Road Warrior or Beastmaster? <laughs>